You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network. We are back with episode 78, and I have no idea what the heck is going on? Andy's working some voodoo magic on me. Uh, it's pre- impressing me. I have no idea. I, I'm speechless. Andy, can you tell the people what's happening right now? Yeah, so we decided that this podcast is not convoluted enough. So now we're going to have uh, try to have more of a video element. So we are currently streaming this, which is fun. But it's getting streamed to a secret location because this is a, our, our, a dry run, I guess you'd call it. Um, but yeah, I mean... Yeah, I was thinking about what's going to be the topic of today's podcast, because James and I usually throughout the week, it's like, oh, what do you want to talk about? Do we have any guests? Like, what should we do? And I was thinking about what would be fun. And a little game popped in my head. And I was like, oh, so but the problem is with being podcast, you need uh, your you need your viewers to see what you're seeing. So I was like, how am I going to get around this? Well, you know, some of the other hosts here on the Hockey Podcast Network have been uh, doing live streams and streaming to StreamYard, and you know, I, I jumped I, myself and Shane from the Senators podcast had live streamed some draft coverage uh, a couple weeks ago. So I said, you know what? Now it's now's the time. Time to give uh, Rangers fans, or at least and fans of the Hockey Podcast Network, what they want. And yeah, so hopefully this works out. Uh, if you are listening to this on as a podcast on a, a, any of your favorite podcast providers, don't worry. We will. It's not necessary, but there will be a. You know, I'll describe anything that you can't might not be able to see, but you can definitely follow along. And uh, but, yeah, this should be an interesting one. So please bear with us if there's any technical issues. But I, for I think everything's working so far. I like yeah, I the, mean, this I looks, like the look. This looks unbelievable. I mean, this is I am a Photoshop uh, novice. But uh, yeah, Canva makes everything very easy. So I feel nice. like I'm I'm on center ice at the garden right now. And <laughs> and, and I thought. I was a genius when I got this thing. Thank God we have the vi- visual element yeah. now because th- this thing to go over the mic, I couldn't get it to stand up. I didn't realize yeah. it actually is a it screws into the bottom. I thought it was just all one piece. So when I got this thing to stand up, I thought like, man, I could just be a producer with it. Like once I figured this thing out. So, uh, you know, we're all making headway here and, uh, it looks good. At least I look good. Um, but yeah, no, this is unbelievable. Yeah, no. And like I said, for, for today, 
I was thinking about what would be the perfect, especially free agency for Rangers fans kind of fizzled out in that everyone thought we were going to make huge splashes. And it looks like everyone's pretty much coming back minus losing Jesper Faust uh, and getting rid of Mark Stahl and replacing with Jack Johnson. And obviously we had some lower and lower depth signings with uh, Kevin Rooney and Anthony Batetto and the guys like that. But um, yeah, so I was thinking about, and you know, I have, you and I have talked about this is that next season, are the Rangers a better team or their worst team? Will there be uh, improvement? Will there be regression? If so, in what areas will they balance each other out? Uh, yeah, these are all kind of unknown questions. So I was really thinking about how do we figure this out? And being the genius that I am, I devised a machine, uh, a very powerful machine of my own cre creation. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up. Yeah, da, 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 da. Where are you? Ah, here we go. So, James, uh, with I would like to present to you my greatest creation. Hold on. Where are you? Where are you? Here he is. Behold. One sec. Sorry. Behold. The official Broadway Boys podcast multi-input uh, comparator trademark. All right. All I right. Like this. Yes. Here, here we go. So if you'll notice, I have a Word document in which I put uh, the entire roster of last year's team on the left and the entire roster of this year's what's this coming year's team on the right, with little uh, notes for players that were uh, who have left and who are added. And I thought right. we go one by one. And we're going to say which uh, version of the player will have had the better season or will have had the better season at the end of next year. So at the end of next season, will we say Chris Kreider in 2019-20 had a better season or Chris Kreider in the 2021 season had a better season? If that makes any sense. No, it, it makes a lot of sense. Finally, and then some, finally something starts to make sense here. Exactly. And then you'll be able to look look at it which uh you know the it's one thing to talk about it but if you just look and we see you know like i'll say well you know you'll, we'll, you'll figure it out as uh, as we go along and if for you listening at home you can't see the this beautiful word document i made in 30 seconds um yeah it's uh, well, basically we will just be able to say at the end how many players will have had a better season next year or will have probably regressed and had a worse season and then we can talk about how it looks and yeah, you know, what our thoughts are on honestly, what areas are they're going to be improved and what areas are probably will not be improved. So uh, James, are you ready? I I'm ready to rock. This is awesome. All right, here, here we go. All right. So let's starting with the Chris Kreider. Uh, now I should probably pull up his stats from last season to make things easy. So I'm going to do that. Sorry. I'm just going the Rangers roster. Yeah. I got there the hockey go. DB up right now. So uh... great. If you got it up, tell tell me how Chris Kreider stat line for for last year. If you I mean, mind. you can pretty much Chris Kreider. You know what you're going to get out of him. He's basically a forty yeah. to fifty point player. He forty five points, twenty four goals, and twenty one assists. Okay, so my question to you, James, is this: Chris Kreider next season, and also it's important to note. I think it, Andy, sorry to cut you off, but I think it's important. No, to no, note go ahead that this season, it's not based off the 82-game season. So we're going to be throwing around points, and you have to realize that the Rangers only played 70 games, and some of these guys only played in the mid-60s. So this if they true. seem low, just know that it's not based off the 82-game schedule. That's a very good point. So we're prorating these stats. So 
you know, well, we can maybe extrapolate. And also, who knows what how many games they get to play next season, right? But right. I think we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll maybe we'll toss these numbers around, but we'll think that at the end of the day for the advantage, we'll think big picture, does he have a better season or a worse season? Is he more effective or at least or less effective? Okay. So as far as Kreider goes, like you said, uh, every year it's like you pretty much know what you're getting. Uh, he he def- I, I assume Kreider would have, would have uh, exceeded 50 points had the full regular season be, have been played last year. And that's, yeah, that's pretty much what he is at this point. He's a, he's a support player who can drive possession and help dig out pucks for your line. And if you put him with uh, players that are better than him in a, you know, whether that's uh, Mika Zibanejad or Pavel Buchnevich, uh Yeah. You can, obviously he can put up commiserate stats with them. He probably won't, not as lofty as them, but, he can float in that area. So yeah, definitely not, not a drag, but I guess the question this this season is does, how long does Kreider stay in the top six with the addition of Alexi Lafreniere? And I think that's the biggest thing he's, you know, at, you assume that if he, if at some point, if Lafreniere, like all Rangers fans think he should, is able to jump into the top six or make even if he starts on the third, makes his way up. Kreider's either switching to his, his offside, which who knows if that hurts his his uh his output or he gets moved down to the third line so i think right out of the gate i think you can say that chris Kreider will most likely maybe be at a slight disadvantage next season season and probably will have a regression yeah so i'm gonna have to maybe disagree with you there Mm. so i think since quinn knows this season overall the rangers might be taking a step backwards with their roster I think you'll see Kreider promoted to more of a leadership role and he'll get a little bit more ice time. Uh, he'll be playing mm-hmm. with Mika, you know, and I don't think, I think with the young kids, I think Quinn will really put them in a role where they're not taking the brunt of the media in terms of production. I really think he'll ride his horses. He'll ride the experience and he'll kind of try to develop those players and not really throw them to the wolves. And I know Alex, Alexis Lafreniere is a special player and he probably can be can be in a situation where he can handle playing top six uh, forward minutes. But uh, I think he'll be a little bit sheltered and be, only because the overall structure of the Rangers is not really uh, cohesive to him playing those bigger minutes. All right. So, you know what? I guess so. I guess maybe I think he's going to might be a little bit worse. You think he might be a little bit better. Do we say that's a wash? Do we say it's his, his output is equal. Is that fair? Yeah. yeah. So we should keep note of like, who's right. I mean, I, I think he'll have more points than he did last year. I mean, you know, obviously playing the full 82 games that's based on. Yeah. Had I had known, I would have made a little too, an, an extra sell here and we could have had an Andy and a James column because that would just be yet another input for the multi-input comparator, which would make the results even better. But uh, I didn't think about that, but whatever. So we're going to put uh, even for advantage okay. right now. All right. Next, Mika Zibanejad. All right. I'll start this one off. Uh, I don't think Mika is going to be able to create uh, that sort of season that he had last year. Uh, it's going to be really tough. I'm going to say he... It's a little bit of a digression, but not so significant where you're, you know, ready to, you know, chop his head off. So I'm going to say a slight, a slight tick back in his uh, point production, but I think you'll see him, you know, dominate some games and 
you know, really uh, uh, take control and be a, a good leader for these kids. Yeah, I think if anything, you might think that he his goal output is not going to be as torrid. I don't know if he scores 40 goals uh, even in a shortened season, but yeah, he, he might still float around close to the same point total. He's in his prime right now. Um, So, you know, barring getting injured or anything. So we're, we'll say that Mika in 2019, 20 just had some, was on fire at one point. Now, why is it underlined? Whatever. Uh, So, yeah. So advantage to the 2019, 2020 Mika and uh, slight disadvantage to the 20, 2020-2021. Pavel Buchnevich. Okay. I've been um, not yeah. No, you start this one. You start this well, one. Well, I, I I am a Butch guy, and I've been ready to for him to break out for a while. And you know, even he and instead of breaking out, he always just gets slightly better every season. So I think at the very worst, he gets slightly better as he's more comfortable. He's you know, Quinn has been able to pull that physicality out of him and it has changed how he plays. And, you know, he's definitely been more effective and his underlying numbers have been extremely good forever. So I, I don't know, you know, at this point I'm, I'm, I think I'm done waiting for the coming out party, but at the same time, I think that, yeah, I just, for whatever reason, I think he's going to have a better season this year. I don't think if when Lafreniere comes in i don't know if he's the one who gets demoted although you might say that he's been in quinn's doghouse before but i just think that at a certain point uh yeah i just for whatever reason i don't think it's going to be him and if he does i could see him actually producing on a lower line with less you know if he gets put on the third line with heedle i those two had some chemistry at times so yeah i think butch you know i should probably look at his his uh point totals from last year but yeah i think butch has a, a better season. Um, here we go. Pavel Buchnevich. Yeah. So I hockey reference makes it so difficult. Here we go. So yeah, Butch had 46 points uh, in 68 games played. So again, he also would have broken 50 points. Uh, yeah. I think at the end of next season, he's, he's probably floating just under 60 points. So, but I think he'll be probably have a slightly better season. Not nothing earth shattering, but I just feel like, He's gotten any a little bit better every year. Uh, you know, he's and uh, yeah, how old how old is Bush now? I always forget. He's only 24. People forget that. So he'll be kind of entering that sweet spot. He'll be 25 next season. He's finally kind of gotten Quinn's confidence. Uh, and well, he's yeah, he's been getting more physical every year. So I'm gonna disagree with you. Oh boy. But I'm going, I'm stepping on the gas here. I think Booch has an insane year. I think he'll Ooh. hit the 25 goal mark. I think he'll break 65 points, and I think well, you left one one major point out, Andy. He's playing for a contract, so you're oh, gonna get the, did not you're gonna get that. the best boots you've ever seen this year. You're gonna see oh, great. no smiling whatsoever. Maybe one smirk, <laughs> maybe one smirk a week on the bench after he makes a bonehead play or misses a wide open net. Uh, yeah, so I I, I love boots this season. He's going to get a ton of minutes. He's going to be playing with Mika Zibanejad. Uh, he's going to be looked to as a leader on this team with, you know, the experience since we have such a young, young up-and-coming team. Again, I love Booch this year. Mark mark him down for 25 goals. All right. So I'm going to give him advantage to the 2021 New York Rangers version of Pavel Buchnevich. It's amazing I've created a machine that can clone these guys and let us know. Um, yeah. All right. The bread man himself, Artemi Panarin. I, I really don't 
I don't want to say it, but I think, yeah, again, it's like almost like <laughs> he had such a, a magical season that it, it's, it's almost unfair. And it's not even a diss to say like, oh, he, you know, he's, I still think he is, uh, you know, floats around, you know, a 90 to 100 point player. It's just, yeah, it's just not going to be everything went right for 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 him last year. And yeah, who knows? I mean, whether it's we might see some rotation in the and not to mention the... his line is gone. Like, I mean, I know they're looking right now. They're as close as ever to signing Strom. Yeah. Uh, Jesper Fast is gone. So I think there's a lot of question marks on who he's with. And if he jumps out of the gate with a little bit of slow start, looking to build some chemistry with some new players. Yeah. Uh, it could be, it could be difficult for him. So um, again, yeah, like you said, last year was magical. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, sorry, Brad, but nothing to damn it. I don't, sorry. It's always underlining this, this machine is still finicky. I, I put it together last night. Um, yeah. Well, which brings us to our next player, Ryan Strom. Now this is obviously, like you said, uh, it, it sounded by all accounts that the Rangers and Strom are close to agreeing on uh, a deal. It probably will most likely be like a short two-year deal it, as they were they were looking with Tony and Georgiev. I think they just want to get past the season with, with COVID and see what they have. And, you know, now with you have Lafreniere coming in, how does that pan out? Because at a certain point, you under, we understand and the front office understands they're going to have to they're going to have to be losing bodies and looking to promote from uh, – below with their prospects so yeah i mean for me i obviously think strom goes as panarin goes considering they stay together right so and if if panarin has a worse season uh and i say worse you know in loose terms but if if panarin isn't able to recapture the magic then i don't see how strom is is as big a benefactor as he was last season yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see who gets plugged into the Jesper spot position. I mean, who do you think right now will be taking that role? Well, I think Kako, who has was at you know, especially in the in the bubble, was uh, riding shotgun with those two, you know, at times because he he was one of the only players who had it going. And even you know, Strom early on in the bubble looked like he was moving his legs pretty well. But uh, yeah, I think you're going to see Panarin, Strom, Kako as that second line. You know, I think it starts Kreider, uh, Mika manager, you know, Mika Booch, uh, you know, Panarin, Strom, Kako. And at some point, uh, Lafreniere, who will start on the third line as is Quinn's uh, MO, will jump up and either Booch jumps, slots down, Kreider slots down, you know, Kreider moves over to the other side. So Booch slots down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Or who knows? Maybe we maybe reports in camp they have uh, Lafreniere trying to take faceoffs, and where everyone's like, "What is going on?" But yeah, you know. I, but yeah, I got to say Ryan Strom in uh, last season definitely has the advantage in, in my eyes. Yeah, I'm a little worried with that's two thirds of the ice that could give up a a lot of scoring opportunities to go the other way. Um, you know, Jesper Fast was you know he could play defense. Kako could be a defensive liability in, in his, you know, second real season. So, yeah. Uh, we'll All see. right. So, yeah. So this one's an interesting one because, yeah, as you can see, Jesper Foss is no longer with the team. So Jesper Foss goes out and Alexi Lafreniere comes in. And obviously that's not based on, that's just based on top six player in, in air quotes, because there was debate at times over whether Jesper Foss was truly a top six player, but he was playing in the top six for, a, you know, with Panarin for a time. So, and we also know that it's most likely that even if Lafreniere starts on a third line, he will ascend uh, up the, the lineup. So let's say 
Jesper Foss versus Alexi Lafreniere. Who who has the better season? I, you know. I mean, we all know the answer to this question, but it's also his first year in the NHL. Like, yeah. he's like Jesper Foss has been there, done that. Uh, he's seen everything. You know what exactly what you're going to get out of him. I honestly think Jesper Foss, one probably the most reliable New York Rangers we've had on our roster, you know, in, over the past decade. Like he. He's been through everything. You can plug him in anywhere. Alexis Lafreniere is going to have some adjustment time. And honestly, I would, right now, I would have, listen, I love Lafreniere, but we are the New York Rangers. So I don't know if we're going to get like a Sidney Crosby esque, you know, player first year coming, you know, coming out of the gate hot. So I'm going to have to give the advantage to a Jesper Faust of last year. Yeah. Yeah. So let's look at it this way. Faust had in 69 games played, he had uh, 29 points. Now you can argue that if you want to prorate that to a full season, you know, maybe he, he, so he's got 30, let's say 35 points just to be conservative. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that's doable for him. 35 points. Lafreniere will most likely, you know, fans are hoping will have at least some be floating around 50 points as a rookie. You know, you hear Craig Button saying like, oh, he'll have a 60 point campaign. I think it's a little rich, especially considering, you know, there's so much uh, competition in the top six that he might have to work his way there. And who knows if he gets power play time off the bat or if he starts on the second power play. We just don't know. So I think conservatively, if we say Jesper Foss at 30 points plus everything he brings, uh, you know, everything he brings defensively to this team and, and his versatility and his penalty killing, Versus Lafreniere being a 50 point player, but at the same time will be having to feel out play away from the puck won't be playing on the power play. Or I'm sorry, excuse me on the penalty kill. And if he plays on the power play, it'll most likely be starting on power play two and we'll have to work his way, you know, and prove he is a better option than every, yeah. the, the elder statesman guys. So yeah, honestly for me, that kind of makes it a little bit of a wash that I'd say the 20 points, but watch that. We'll watch it. We'll say we'll watch, yeah. but we can't have a visual of us saying Jesper Faust is greater than. No, uh, exactly. The fans will be, we'll, the, we'll the be podcast part, will be, be all over us. Yeah. But I, I assume people at home understand what we're saying. It's like, obviously offensively in terms of driving play, there is no, there's no competition here, but at the same time, you know, it's unfortunately ice time is what it is. And guys cannot be on the ice for the full, the full game. So yeah, for full, uh, for full 60 minutes. So yes, for possibility to eat up minutes that Lafreniere would not be getting. Yeah. That, that, that has an effect. Is it? Yeah. So we're going to say it's a wash just in terms, but this is probably the only, the only season it would ever be a wash and it still might not be a wash. It might just, if, if Lafreniere is everything that's been promised and out of the gate, you know, yeah. uh, our, our <laughs> lost in the fanfare of Alexi Lafreniere is our former uh, favorite son, Capo Caco, although I still love him. But uh, yeah, obviously a difficult rookie season for him last year. Everyone had assumed he would be able to, because he was a little bit more physically mature, he would be able to make a, a bigger impact and a bigger jump. Still didn't have a terrible season for a rookie, but it's just for a, a second overall pick. You know, not that Doc or, or Jack Hughes had any more success. They were honestly, they all kind of finished with the same stat line or relatively. And I think it just goes to show that how difficult it is when we're talking about an adjustment period for Lafreniere. It's that, you know, play, high, highly touted players coming in and making immediate uh, effective impacts is not the norm. It's the, they're, it's outliers, you know. So 
as far as Kako those, if we get the Kako we saw in the bubble, I don't know how you, you don't think he has a better season. You know, I think he's going to have more with the uh, heat. Excuse me. With, uh, yes, for Fast leaving, I think he's going to get more time in the top six with Panarin and Strom. He's going to be more confident. He already looked faster. He already looked bigger. Uh, he already looked more decisive. And if that's a, especially if at some point you're going to get some weird combination of uh, of him playing playing minutes with Heedle, I think they'll be better. Hell, honestly, if you imagine an opening <laughs> on opening night, there's a third line of Kako, Heedle, and Lafreniere. Like. That's a pretty scary line. You know, I don't know if the coaching staff would do that from a defensive standpoint, because Heedle is the only one they would probably be comfortable with. And even that he's still kind of rounding out his uh, developing game, you know, away from the puck. But that'd be a hell of a third line and, and matchup nightmare. So I, I actually think Capo, you know, I don't think this is a surprise anyone. I think Kako is going to have a better season, you know, next next year. Yeah, there's no excuse for him not to have a better season. I mean, everything's turned up Kako. The way he played in the bubble was night and day compared to his regular season. Uh, he's going to have a year under his belt to feel a little bit more comfortable playing against NHL competition. He's going to have the spotlight off of him since the Rangers now have Alexis Lafreniere. He will be playing the right side and hopefully be playing with some, you know, some better talent. Obviously, uh you know, anyone that plays with Panarin should get a boost in numbers just simply because how amazing he is. So, yeah, everything's going to be turning up Kako for sure. Uh, I think he uh, I think he has an exceptional year this year. I really think he makes a big, big leap in terms of, uh, you know, playing more of a his style game. Well said. Well, you know, so speaking of youngsters, Philip Heedle. Uh, so started in Hartford, didn't, they were hoping that right out of training camp in the beginning of the last season that he would be able to quickly take over that two C spot. It didn't happen, but obviously the time in Hartford did him well, because when he came out of the gate, he came out really hot. Um, and his defensive game was much better. Again, we forget how young, you know, he'll can, I think, can finally drink a beer now he's 21, I think, or I think he just turned 21. Uh, so yeah, I mean, still young, but. I you have to imagine that he they're really looking for him to cement himself because they've been you could tell that the front uh, the front office has really been trying to pencil him in to take Strom's place eventually. So I guess you know the hope is that obviously he can do that. Um, so I think he has a better year. I think he's you know I don't think he's going to start the season in the AHL, so that helps. You know he's not going to be fighting from behind. He seemed to peter out a little bit towards the end, but he looked good in the bubble. He um, he's one of those players that which was surprising. You know, we talked about this over the summer, how our younger guys who were just kind of just playing and weren't overthinking it because they kind of just felt like it was a learning experience for them seemed to be the more effective players in the bubble. So yeah, I'm going to say Heedle has a better season uh, this year. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree with you. Philip Heedle is like, I feel like he's been on a roster for like a decade now, but he's only 21. Like people forget how young he is. He, he's, you know what he is? He is the the kid in elementary school that he would wear a suit sometimes to school. Like he's just yeah. he's just always like a level above. Like he, he would he's like almost five years older than Kako, but he's not. You know what I no. mean? So I, I think I think Filipino finally elevates his game a little bit. I think you'll see him taking on a, a little bit bigger role this season. And I think you'll see all the young guys that we're kind of used to seeing. I think their games are going to get elevated. I really do. And I think he, 
you know, Hedl's definitely one of those guys that, along with Buchnevich, that they've been here a couple years. Uh, he, we did the experiment of him starting out in the AHL. He made a joke of that league. He's an NHL player, and I think he'll he'll be ready. Uh, he'll be ready this year. Yeah. Uh, so a late season addition for the Rangers, they trade Joey Keane to the Carolina Hurricanes uh, for Julian Gauthier. Now. Gautier didn't get much ice time. He kind of was up and down fourth line, sometimes third line. At times he was played with Panarin and, and, and Mika. That was a, a line for that one game, right? Versus Montreal. But uh, yeah, clearly there's a lot of raw potential there, but his play away from the puck leaves a lot to be desired. And he clearly doesn't, uh, hasn't really, you know, adjusted to thinking at the pace of the NHL, but there was good flashes. I liked some of what I saw in the bubble when he plays in straight lines, he's going to be super effective. I guess with Gauthier, it comes down to where does he slot it? Do, do they put him on a third line with Heedle and Lafreniere to start? I could see that, you know, just being uh, a, uh, you know, a French-Canadian connection there and with Heedle in the middle. middle. But at the same time, yeah, I, I don't know if that spot goes to Lemieux, uh, you know, especially if they want someone who they're, they think will defensively be a little bit more responsible to play with Heedle and Lafreniere. Um, so yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. I actually, I am of the opinion that I don't think we're going to see much more out of Gautier this year. I do think he's going to be looked at as more of a plug in play. I think the organization views him more as a, a plug in and add that element of, you know, straight line size and strength. And I think, unfortunately, that consistency might, uh, not hurt him, but I don't know. I think, honestly, I think it's more, it's going to be a wash kind of, cause I don't think. I think the flashes we saw, they tried him up the lineup. They tried him down the lineup. Uh, I think they're going to, he's going to most likely be stuck in the bottom six. And I think ice time is going to be hard for him to come by. I think that he's going to spend time stints on the fourth line. So yeah, I'm, I'm just going to, I think it's a kind of a wash because I, you think he has another year of development and he'll be better, but at the same time, I don't know if his deployment will be uh, commiserate with that. Yeah. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say, oh man, this is tough. Uh, either a this wash, a but more, yeah, I'm going to say a wash more towards the 2019 20, uh, okay. Julian. I'll only do this then. It's a little. Yes, yes. That's the seeing, beauty of the comparator. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. yeah, my reasoning basically is that I don't know where he fits in with this team just yet. Uh, if he's going to be playing that grinding uh, role as more of like an enforcer, I don't know if he brings that much more to the table. I mean, I love his game. I really think, you know, he could be an effective player, but he's 23. He hasn't have, he doesn't have a ton of NHL experience. Um, You know, given how young the Rangers are and, you know, they might, I can even see him being like a healthy scratch some game. So yeah, over a course of an entire 82 game schedule, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, 2019, 20 <clears throat> Julian Gauthier is going to be, uh, is going to be a little bit better. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, heya, and previet, hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. 
If you want to keep updated on all of the latest news, scores or standings from across the European hockey world, you want to get some insight from some very interesting guests discussing their stories with hockey and how the sport grows around in Europe in different interesting places, or if you want to keep updated with all of the leagues across Europe that are either playing, have been suspended, cancelled, delayed indefinitely, then do check out our latest episodes of the Europuck podcast every Friday as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We have a YouTube channel, the Europuck Podcast, and you can listen to us wherever else you get your podcasts. So check us out every Fridays and we'll see you there, folks. Our, our favorite uh, resident pest, Brennan Lemieux. Uh, now, uh, again, this is he's a guy who is firmly stapled to the bottom six, I think. Or, you know, obviously on a game to game basis, sometimes if they want to, if it's a, they're playing the Flyers, he might see time up in the top six just to get under some skins. But yeah, I mean, this was also a tough one. Uh, you know, it, I'm pulpit stats from, from last year. So yeah, Lemieux had 18 points in 59 games. So yeah, I guess you could prorate that to maybe just shy of 30 points, just under it. Um, you know, defensively, he, he, the numbers kind of show that he had a, a rough time last season, but yeah, I don't know. I think, I think he's a guy who, especially with a lot of time to prepare, I think he, uh, a long, he's one the only one of the guys who were a longer off season might do him more good. I think in terms of, cause with him, I think at times there was a lot of talk early on about his conditioning and you kind of saw he would get blown up really quickly. He's a bit of a thicker frame and those guys tend to, but yeah, I think if he's at least, you know, if he's making sure to watch his diet and he's doing cardio and he's getting on the ice and yes, there's nothing like the real thing, but at the same time, it's like you can make, yeah, I think if he can make necessary changes and adjust to having maybe, you know, some more, if he's, if he's got his headset on that third line, then yeah, I think he, there's a chance he could have a better season this year, but I am not sure. I could see it being a wash. I don't, I don't think he regresses because I do think the Rangers clearly value what he brings, especially, you know, we didn't hear the end of it. Oh, if, you know, in the bubble, if we had only had Brendan for those first three games, maybe it'd be different, but uh, yeah, I could see him having a better season this year. If and if at worst, I think a wash. But I think my hope is that he has a better season. Yeah, I'm gonna say he does have a better season, only because again, this is a guy who we're gonna need his experience with these kids. You know, don't don't forget our our bottom six is gonna is gonna need to play. You know, they're gonna need to play minutes. So we can't rely on two lines just to go out there and play every single game. I think you can pencil him on the third line. Uh, we're going to need him to be feisty. We're going to need him to be the agitator. Um, he's going to have to drop the gloves, you know, if someone takes a run at Lafreniere. I think this is, you know, you're going to see him blossom into more of, uh, you know, a staple a staple role with the New York Rangers this year. Uh, and, I, you know, I don't know what kind of contract he's going to get. What What is, what's the word on him and what's his contract looking like? Are they going to uh, bridge him? Prob- I mean, it seems like they're bridging everyone. So I assume yeah. they're... Yeah, I, I assume that they might offer him like a one-year deal. No, I, I think they might. I think he'll be playing for a contract. So maybe, uh, yeah, and that's that's a good point. I don't, yeah, I don't know with him if they he might be the one guy they do the the one-year show me, you know? Yeah, uh, because obviously, 
based on how they drafted at the draft and they they obviously want to get harder to play against it's no secret they've been said been on record saying like we need to get more difficult to play against you know they watched the way that uh tampa was able to infuse their lineup with a bit more difficult grindy direct players and it obviously paid the ultimate dividends for them and that's what they're going to it's this is a copycat league that's what they're trying to do so they obviously value his skill set and how unique it is and obviously the intangibles are kind of hard to quantify but it clearly you know in terms of just how many penalties he draws uh relative to how many he takes yeah he's he's an asset so yeah i'm, I'm gonna say advantage to these upcoming 2021 brendan lemieux uh brett howden very divisive figure uh, for Rangers fans, I mean, I I think Brett has a better season. I think it's almost one of those things where he gets so much hate that people do does you know because he's been he's been gifted a, a lot of opportunity because Quinn is obviously a fan of him. Uh, he wasn't ready. He should have spent time in the AHL the past two seasons. The fact that he didn't is is wild to me. But that being said, I do think there if he if he is in a bottom six role. I do think he can eventually become a good a good third line center. Uh, I think you might need to put him with someone who is a little bit more offensively creative because he's a straight line player. I think he's not a guy you want. He's a guy you want doing the little things, but you need a you need a big picture guy on that line. So hell, if you put him with if if he starts out, if if Quinn is hell bent on trying to make Brett Howden a a top nine player and has a third line that is Howden playing on maybe. You know, maybe Lafreniere on the left wing, Heedle uh, as that third line center, and then Howden on the right wing. Uh, yeah, I could see him having a better season, especially if he doesn't have to be the one to, to transition the puck. He's just the one who does the what he's good at is doing the little things. You know, win, tie up, face off, uh, penalty killing. You know, that type of thing. So I could see. I I think it's most likely Brett has a better season this year, and like I said, he's almost become so. Uh, people think he's so old overrated that he's now kind of underrated well quinn's not going to let him have a bad year quinn will that's true this kid will he will force me to waste time they're gonna they're gonna send ryan strom down to the fourth line and this kid will be centering panarin it'll just be him and panarin there won't even they won't even add another winger to the line because quinn loves howden so much Uh, listen quinn won't let this guy (laughs) fail you can put see those like the the above signs you put fill the whole thing up with it okay fill the whole thing up with it because that's what that's exactly what that's exactly what quinn is thinking in his head yes thank yes. you david, david quinn uh yes the comparator allows for emphasis emphasis thank god and realistically you're gonna get the same thing as you got last year I, I don't honestly don't even know if the kid realizes he's on the new york rangers i really don't i just think he's like if you he would have the same mannerisms as if he was playing in a men's league or also in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, I Brett is a guy that I've been very tough on, but I do see what the value and what he brings. And I do think, you know, there's people like Corey Pronman who just released, you know, James and I were talking uh, this week off air about uh, Corey Pronman just released his like top 200 players under 20 or something like that, or under 22, 20, was it 22 or 24? I think it was under like 23. 23. Sorry. Uh, and, Brett Howden made that list, which was wild to me because I think there are so many good prospects out there. But yeah, I think you tend to forget that there is value to what Brett brings. I do think he can be a a, a good three C in this league eventually. You know, I just think he's missed important development 
time where he should have most likely been in the AHL and probably would have flourished because he's, you know, physically gifted in terms of his skating ability for his age and his size and his strength for his age. So he should have been there to begin with, but whatever, you know, like James said, uh, David Quinn will not let this kid fail. Uh, next, Phil Giuseppe. I hope, and I hope, I hope he shoves it to he shoves it in my face. I hope yeah. he has a really good year. Yes. So this was weird. Phil Phil Di Giuseppe comes in from from Hartford, and he actually gets off to a really good start, uh, and then slowly peters out, like most you know thirteenth um, uh, forward uh, players do. You know, as they get they get that quick hit of adrenaline from getting getting NHL minutes and then they kind of slowly fade into the background. Uh, you know, he was in the bubble. He was pretty much, I don't want to say a no show. It's just, it looked like he was working really hard and wasn't getting anything done. Uh, I think, I don't, I think at this point he's nothing more than, like you said, a 13th forward. He's going to be battling it out with uh, guys like Rooney who have just been, you know, uh, assigned to be, you know, bottom, bottom, you know, bottom six, uh, direct grindy defensive forwards and yeah i just i don't think he's you know he was at times he was playing with mika right or yeah or yeah so i, I don't i don't think that's ever happening again so i'm gonna i don't think there's any way in which di giuseppe uh gets close to the highs he had even though his impact ultimately wasn't that great but you know at least out of the gate he was playing at times he was playing with heel times he was playing with kako uh and he was yeah, he was doing the like a, being like the Esper Foss light. He was first in on the four check. He was digging pucks out, which is great. But I don't think he's going to be afforded those opportunities again, and, and like rightfully so. So I think uh, it's easy to say that Phil Di Giuseppe got his shots in uh, in the nineteen twenty season, and it's not just not happening going forward. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, he'll be an important player if if COVID like runs rampant through the team, and you need you know guys have to sit out a couple weeks. I think you'll see him DQ basically put him in a role anywhere in the, in the lineup. I think he's a good plug. Uh, again, yeah. yeah, I do think he's going to play that 13th forward role though. But right. again, I, I think it's important. I think it's going to be a complete wash. I think no matter oh. what, where you place him in the roster, I think it'll be a wash with him. All right. That sounds good. I agree with that. There we go. He's a wash. Make those bigger. And then finally, now, and obviously, yes, this does not account for the comparator does not account for players that might like if, if Vitaly Kraftsov comes over, if Tarmo Reunion and gets out of camp. This is just basic, you know, inputs for last season this year with who I think would be uh, comparables in those slots. Finally, we have Michael Haley slash Stephen Fogarty versus Kevin Rooney. Uh, now, I mean, the rain, the Rangers in free agency signed Kevin Rooney because they were very upset with how bad their their PK was. And Kevin Rooney, that seems to be the only thing he can do. Apparently, he's a very good defensive player who who cannot generate anything offensively, but he's good on the penalty kill. Uh, and you know, according to Gibby, John Hines absolutely loved this guy, probably for that reason. Uh, you know, didn't see much out of Fogarty or Michael Haley. Fogarty, I think, is now is has left, which is a, a hit for Hartford because he's a very good AHL player, but he's going to, I think he's signed with the Sabres, right? And yeah, I don't even know what happened to Michael Haley. His, his spleen exploded at one point and then we just never saw him again. So I don't even know what his deal is. I think, I don't know if he's under contracts still or whatever, but I think it, it's pretty, pretty easy, you know, wish him the best of luck. Um, yeah. But I think it's easy to say that Kevin Rooney is a clear upgrade from one of these guys, you know, whoever is getting riding wing shotgun on a fourth line, you know? I just want to apologize to Michael Haley. I sent a Sorry, lot man. of a lot of 
negative energy that way. So Mike, he exploded his spleen, James. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Uh, get well soon. Yeah. It, the, the, the only thing I can say about this is because, I mean, I truly don't know. I mean, and I don't think anyone could sit here and say, well, Kevin Rooney's going to be playing that big of a, of a, of a role. So the emoji where the guy's like shrugging is probably the perfect fit for this uh, comparator. But overall, I think it'll be a wash, slight advantage to Kevin Rooney only because the statistics, I guess, are there for him being some sort of defensive guru uh, when he's on the ice. So I guess slight advantage him, but could be a wash. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I have not... Uh... I do not have native support for uh, emojis on the comparator yet, but I will work on it. So uh, I, you know what? I, do, I still think that Kevin Rooney will at least have a more defined role, whereas Haley and Fogarty were plug-ins. So I think at very least he's going to get Rooney will get penalty kill time. So I'm going to give him the advantage, but uh, yeah, but like you said, James, it could easily be a wash because we just don't know at this point. This is a, uh, like I said, the comparator is a, yeah, it is a predictive, but it's just being that there is a, uh, definitely room for uh for variance in the final output yeah uh now we are on to the defense uh hold on can we see this with the yes we can all right yeah my 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 beautiful graphics are almost uh overtaking the screen um adam fox had an excellent uh rookie season you know we think he i think he was snubbed to the caller trophy uh i will die on that hill there was no there was very few uh defensemen in the nhl who had a better both balanced offensive and defensive uh, impact. His play driving ability is underrated the way he moves the puck. His ability to defend despite not being a, a bigger, fast guy is is remarkable. And because he had to work his way up the lineup uh, last season, I think it's a no-brainer that he's going to have a better year. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, this kid is going to be a special player, not only for the New York Rangers, but I think in the National Hockey League, I think he's part of that next generation of defense that uh, you'll see blossom into, you know, the, uh, uh, I mean, shall I say Norris, but um, I, I think he'll be, uh, I think he'll be one of the more premier Rangers on our team next year. I think overall across our roster, I mean, I think you'll be saying the names Mika, Artemi, and Adam all together. I really like him this year. Yeah. What I like about Fox is that because he does everything by being smart and is not flashy, it kind of like you don't you don't really realize what an excellent impact he has on your team. And I think that's a he's a guy whose his contract numbers will be slightly he'll be like be on a slightly, you know, a sweeter contract than most players in the National Hockey League. Like a guy like Makar, his his uh, skills just kind of scream at you. And thus, he'll probably command a little bit more money. But I think Adam Fox, he'll like, even if he's a guy who's like his offensive output, is he's always like, you know, amongst the top of defense defensemen, never maybe the tippy top because he's not like a game breaker in that way. But then you realize that his overall impact's way better. Overall. But it's harder to quantify two way play and transition play. And thus, he will never, you know, he'll be he'll be worth way more money than he makes in his career, which is good for Rangers fans. Probably not so good for for Adam Fox, but yeah. Uh, yeah. His uh, his ride or die, Ryan Lindgren. Uh, this is tough. I you know you got on one hand, I think obviously the way if if Fox if those two are stapled at the hip, if Fox gets more time, then Lindgren gets more time too, and it helps him out. But yeah, at the same time, you know, it's tough because I don't know. I think Lindgren at times. There's, 
I think in a in a perfect world he's he is more of a third pairing defenseman, but he w- you know he definitely rose to the the challenge and like he's another one of those players I think especially in the bubble that when when you just, he just goes out and plays and just is reactive and just is decisive he looks really good and there you know there's some especially in the playoffs like those are the type of guys you need that are just willing to make something happen and just do it so I think yeah you'd have to say he will have a better season because he will get more ice time along with his. Uh, you know, his, uh, his D partner, Adam Fox, but yeah, at the same time, I could see him strung struggling. If, if those two have to take on uh tougher competition from the gate, you know, out of the gate. Yeah. I, I agree think, with James? that. Uh, I don't know. Do you think he's playing for his next sweater? Because I think it's going to be one of those seasons where he's going to realize like we have all this talent up and coming. Where do I fit in with this team? Where do I fit in with this organization? Am I going to, you know, eventually get traded. So I think he's going to take, and I think he's the type of kid that he'll take advantage of whatever role he's given. And I think you'll see him, you know, blossom again alongside Fox and, you know, really develop his game. I think he'll get a lot more out of Ryan Lindgren this year. More consistent game out yeah. of Ryan Lindgren. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Uh, we're getting close to 50 minutes, so we'll, we'll try to maybe speed this up a little bit. Yep. Uh, Tony D., uh, now gets the bridge. Uh, he knocked it out of the park in a show me deal. Uh, as good as he was last year on that show me deal, I think if Adam Fox is going to get a little bit more overall responsibility, I don't know. You know, here, there's been talk of him switching sides to keep him, you know, maybe on the in the, you know in the as a, t- a top four defenseman. So, yeah, does that affect him? I don't know. Does he do that as effectively? Does it hamper him? Does it help his goal output but hurts his assist output? I don't know. Does he still get that premier power play time? These are all questions I have. Um, I'm going to say overall, I don't think he knocked it out of the park. He was fifth in, in I think, even strength scoring for a defenseman uh, or just, I think, scoring in general. But I don't know if he hits exactly that high. I don't think he'll be much worse. If anything, I think he might have a better defensive game he doesn't have to babysit mark stall you know unless they put him with jack johnson then, then we'll see but um yeah i think overall it ends up being a wash i think his out offensive output maybe might not be as high but i think not having to like i think he'll have another year of under he'll be healthy so he won't have the problems he had in the bubble i think his partner will whoever it is even whether it's Truber, you know or brendan smith i'm not sure but i think at the very least he'll be more steady defensively and i think it ends up being a wash Okay, like I told you, I told you before, there's the three biggest bridges in New York are the George Washington, the Brooklyn Bridge, and then the Tony D'Angelo contract. I feel like all we do is bridge this kid. I don't know, I don't know if he can live up to the hype once again. Like he's proven himself time and time again, but eventually you're gonna have to see him like digress a little bit. Uh, defensively, defensively, I hope he's a little bit better. Offensively, I think he's gonna you know, pull back a little bit. I don't think he'll have the points that he did last year. So I'm going to say it's a complete wash. You'll pretty much get the same thing out of him. I don't know how much better he can possibly get offensive wise last year. So I really do think if his numbers aren't there, I think a lot of, he's going to take a lot of heat. So again, I'm going to have to say that it's a wash to a little bit of a digression. He was a guy who it seemed that he disappointed Rangers fans for what they were expecting, but 
in the he was definitely our best defenseman in the bubble. And I think that just kind of showed that he is a guy we've talked about this before, that he's a guy that needs to be engaged and pressured because during the regular season, you know, you seem very flat footed sometimes just kind of like looking around. And it's only when guys are, are starting to get chippy with them that he gets really involved and you see him use the skating more and, and really bounce off guys and lean on them and use them as you know, he likes to fight through pressure and he, he needs that physical engagement. So I think he under I think Trub understands he had a worse, uh, he had a bad season last year, him and Brady shade that that whole, like, do you want the puck or should I have the puck? Do you want to rush the puck out or should I rush it out? I don't think you have that anymore. You know, whether he plays with Tony and he knows exactly like I, my job is to get the puck to Tony or, and then if someone tries to like take advantage of us down low is to just be a, you know, a son of a bitch to play against. So I think, uh, based on his him being better in the bubble, knowing he had a disappointing season and knowing that he'll have a more defined role, I think he's going to be better next season. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that. Uh, I'll keep this short and sweet. Uh, I thought he was one of our better defensemen in the bubble uh, when he played that big physical game. Uh, now that you know his best friend is, is out of here, uh, I think he can concentrate on just playing Jacob Truba game instead of the Brady Shea and Truba game. Yeah. Speaking of Brady Shea, Brady Shea out uh, goes to the Carolina Hurricanes for a first round pick. We used to eventually select Braden Schneider, which is awesome. Uh, and Anthony Batetto in. Um, I'm going to say this is a slight because Shea was playing uh, top four minutes. You know, I think Batetto can do just fine in that bottom pairing role. But I think just in terms of that, you're losing a top four defenseman and bringing in more of a, you know, a bottom pairing uh defenseman you know or even a, an extra defenseman that i think you have to give the advantage to what brady was doing even if he wasn't flourishing at times yeah I, i'm gonna say that uh you know if if these guys had the same stat line you'd be like well brady shea underachieved and you'd say whoa you know Batetto overachieved uh, yeah. i'm gonna pencil in Batetto for you know the 15 to 20 point mark i think if you get that out of them as a you know bottom pairing defenseman i think That'll be great. I mean, you just basically want him to stay even. And if he can yeah. do that, he's got NHL experience. So I think he'll be an asset. I think it's a step in the right direction, given where they were in our lineup. Yeah, I could have I could have slotted him next to as the replacement for Mark Stahl. And I would give the advantage to to Potato. But yeah, absolutely. you know, just trying to I'm trying to <laughs> I have we have the perfect replacement for Mark Stahl. So we'll get to that. Uh, Brendan, Brendan Smith. Now, a guy who was a forward at the time, you know, he's a fourth line forward, you know, penalty kill. Now that they've said he is a defenseman, uh, his role is kind of weird now with, you know, he's going to be battling it out with Jack Johnson and uh, Brent, you know, and Batetto. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that he was good in the bubble, you know, through some big hits, he was playing him. He was one of our better defensemen in the bubble. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what, what his, this is the last year of his contract, correct? Correct. Yeah, so kind of hard to tell what's going to happen, but uh, I'm going to say, yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, I guess I'm going to say a, wa- a wash, because I, I think he, a wash may be leaning towards a regression, because I just feel like with more competition, if he doesn't, if he doesn't uh, distinguish himself early, then he might be an odd man out yet again. Cause they've, you know, they've shown he's been, he's been sent to Hartford in the past. He's been sat, but they were really happy with his versatility. They like his versatility. We know that, 
So yeah, who knows? Maybe they just see him again as more of the plug and play guy, but I'm just not sure. I'm honestly not. This is the hardest one for me to predict. Honestly, he is getting older too. He's, you know, he's turned the corner on uh, 30. So. Yeah. I mean, listen, he can't do any, pretty much can't do any worse than his point production. Uh, I thought when he plays his physical role in the bubble, he was, you know, he was great at times, but again, can he do that over an 82 game season? I don't know. For me, it's going to be a complete wash. Uh, I'm okay. leaning That's towards fun. he'll be a little bit better next year. Yeah, I think so too. I think as long as if they if they just say like, even if it's like, nah, he's not always in the lineup, but they're like, whenever you're in lineup, this is what you're going to be doing. Right. And he has more defined role. I think that can help him out. So let's say, let's just say it's a, it's a wash. And if an injury uh, happens, I think he can be plugged in anywhere. Yeah. And finally, for the defense, Mark Stahl out, uh, Jack Johnson in. Now, I think based on everything we've heard, I think for the most part that we will not have Jack Johnson getting the minutes that Mark Stahl was getting. Um, two of the the worst, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of underlying numbers, uh, players, defensemen in the NHL. Uh, Jack Johnson apparently good on the penalty kill. I don't know if that's actually actually true, but you know, I mean, I, I think this is at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what is their deployment. Jack Johnson seems to be there as a veteran voice and as was a favorite to Jacques Martin, so who with comfortability and like the player. So I'm going to lean Jack Johnson only based on it will be less. Uh, he he Mark, will not be getting the minutes that Mark Stahl was getting. Hopefully they learn from that. But again, this organization has ups, has uh, let me down before. But I'm going to say Jack Johnson based solely on the fact that his deployment will be nowhere near uh, over his head like Mark Stahl was. Yeah, I mean, if you told me at the beginning of, uh, I guess, the beginning of the off season and the free agent season, that we would be, we would have a tough comparison for the replacement of Mark Stahl. I would say you're absolutely crazy. <laughs> but, but we but found here we are. <laughs> but here we are. Uh, again, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I, it really can't get much worse. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, Jack Johnson just em embraces his role as you know a bottom pairing playing 12 minutes a game and just uh just you know doesn't drive the ranger fan base crazy like mark stall did yeah and finally we have goaltending now i didn't want to go the comparator did not have uh did not have the it didn't have enough memory to to compute the three-headed goalie tandem <laughs> and how that bared out so I just basically I have I was able to tweak some things and work it down to basically just it, the total sum of goaltending. Uh, because honestly, if you look at games played and you know roll down the stretch, even though Shister, you could kind of say it was pretty much an even split. You know, Hank got the line share of the games in the beginning. Georgiev got the lion share of the game in the middle, and then Shisterkin got the line share of the games towards the end. So, just does a a 1A, 1B situation of Shosturkin and Georgiev going into next season. Uh, is their goaltending, you know, play and output better than the three-headed goalie tandem we had? Because a goaltending was the least of our problems, you know? It's like when one guy faltered, the next it was next man up, and everyone kind of did a pretty good job. But now we have at least certainty, and you have two guys that are pushing each other for maybe thinking of that starter spot. Even yeah. Even Shosturkin's starter. Two... I believe two heads are better than one. Three heads are better than none. I don't know if that's a saying, but if it is, I just made it up. Credit to me. I am going to go with that we are going to have a much better, consistent goaltending situation next year. Uh, the three, the th 
there's no way in any world that uh, a three-headed goalie situation is better than the two. You know, I don't, and I don't even care who the three are or who the two are. It's just you need two goalies. It'll be balanced this year. I like it. Both will be more comfortable. Georgie finally knows where his role is for the next two years with the Rangers. Uh, I think they'll be more relaxed. They'll be better. Just, yeah, way better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. I just moved some things around so you could see down here what we got going on. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's basically that with... Because yeah, as, as well as... as uh, all three goaltenders did under the circumstances. I just think even in terms of just the team, not having to deal with the who's starting in that, just having ha the more certainty this t team has next season, the better. I think that's what the front office wants. They want to figure out what is, you know, they have a lot of experimenting that they have to do as the more players come in. And I think they just want to, they are looking forward to getting things set. So yeah, I do think, I think that, to your point, James, that just having Shosturkin and Georgiev just kind of pushing each other, there's a little bit more one-upsmanship when there's uh, two guys as opposed to when you have three guys fighting for the same net. That's a little different because one guy's always going to be, whether rightfully or wrongly or injury or whatever, will be put on the sidelines. And then it's just kind of, it makes it hard. And uh, then you're, you have, mentally, it's harder to contend with. It's like, do... And it, do I play well enough? Am I in? Does this guy does does he is he does he need to get starts because he's not fresh? And they don't have to deal with that anymore. And not to mention the third third head on that goalie trio was uh you know was the face of the New York Rangers you know for the last fifteen years. So again, it, once he's removed, he's taken out of the picture. Thank you, Hank. But it'll be it'll allow these players, the two goalies, to basically you know find their role with the team. And not have the pressure of playing under Hank, over Hank. I think that that can wear a lot mentally over the course of a season. Okay, so we're coming up in an hour, so we'll wrap this up. Uh, if our final tally, you know, I don't even have to count. It looks like we have a lot more, uh, a lot more advantage for next season. Uh, I think that's this is obviously an oversimplification. I think offensively we have a little bit more certainty. Uh, which is good, but the offense wasn't the Rangers' problem last season. Their problem was defense. I defensively, uh, I still think they, at least by playing, having more certainty that this is what they're working with, I think they should be better. We don't know if a Tarmo reunion could come in and fight for spot out of camp, but we do know that they they don't feel beholden to play Mark Stahl more minutes. Fox and Lindgren should be able to eat more time right from the get go, which means. They might have Truba and Tony on a second pairing where if Tony switches sides, uh, which he said he's done, he did in junior in Sarnia and that he's comfortable doing it and he wouldn't mind doing it, especially I think he knows that if it's his best chance at longevity in playing for the Rangers, which he clearly loves playing in this market, loves being here, then yeah, I think he'll make it work. And then as long as your bottom pairing is some combination of uh, Brendan Smith, Potato, and Jack Johnson, whoever's slarting where, because I know Brendan Smith is also has played on both sides, but uh, yeah, I think as long as they can, if they can ride that top four of Fox, Lindegren, uh, Truba, Tony, and then just the bottom pairing, you know, getting heavy PK time and then just, yeah, just when, uh, just getting a little bit less, I think it should be okay. As far, as far as the defensive play of the forwards, you know, hopefully Kevin Rooney makes a difference. Hopefully a, another year for the kid, hopefully Kako 
being a little bit stronger, a little bit faster, a little bit more assertive, a little bit more comfortable, will be able to work on his play off the puck because it was bad at times, flat out bad. You know, you know, I know he's definitely more of a, a mercurial one. He's more of an offense guy, but he all made big strides. Uh, Lafreniere's play with the puck is actually pretty good when he's motivated, but he is a rookie and there will be an adjustment. So it might be a wash. So yeah, the, you, I think the Rangers are basically hoping that some of their, a little bit more certainty in positions will help um, alleviate maybe some growing pains for some of the younger guys as they take on more role. Cause that's obviously the last thing that comes, right. It's just like you, you first, you learn out how to play with the puck in the national hockey league and how to make things going, you know, offensively. And then you get to your play off the puck. So yeah, I think overall offensively, this will be just as potent, if not more so team than last year. You know, the hope is that even with your top guys, your Criders, Abanajaz, Panarins and Strom, those top six guys, uh, not hitting the heights they hit that some of the heavy lifting will be able to be taken over by the uh, the youngsters down their lineup, especially with the influx of young talent comes in. Who knows if a crafts off makes a, a play at any after his KHL season is done. Uh, yeah, but I, I think they're hoping for more balance out of their lineup. So even if they don't have as the gaudy numbers that they had, you know, number one team in defenseman scoring, uh, you know, whatever <laughs> Mika close to winning a rocket, uh, Panarin almost winning the Hart Trophy, that overall they have more balance and it, it makes for a better uh, or at least a more solid product on the ice. Yeah, there's one thing that you missed here with all this computing, uh, the coaching, our defensive coach. Uh, you Jack Martin? Yeah, yeah, Jack I should have did a rough and I thought about actually doing coaching, but then I was like, you know, then I didn't want to not put Greg Brown and Dale Oliver and all that. But I guess it's basically if co- coaching as a whole, yeah, no, no. you know, Quinn and staff ver- last year versus Quinn and new staff, you know, you'd have to hope that rough out and Martin in is a, is an upgrade, but we'll, we'll see. It's kind of yeah. a lot of unknowns. This is the guy that, that vouched for Jack Johnson to come in. But at the same time, yeah. he Pittsburgh has been a pretty good defensive unit the last few years, despite if you look at some of the defensemen they had and won cups with, yeah, who knows? So hopefully that carries over. Yeah. I mean, th- so this is how I'm going to end it. Basically, looking at the entire offense as a whole, I think you'll get a wash. Hopefully, we're more balanced in terms of scoring. Defensive-wise, I think you're going to see a little bit better. I hope our defensive game, even as a whole with the whole team, I really hope that we pay attention to our D-zone coverage and we don't allow as many grade-A chances. And goaltending, I think it's a it's a fresh start for all for both of them that you know Hank is gone. They lose that kind of pressure of it's awkward playing above Hank, you know, uh, you know, Hank sitting on the bench, you, you know, you, you're always going to pay attention to that. If you, even if you're a young kid uh, playing in any market and the goaltender is like, you know, God on the team. So again, I hope uh, goaltending will be better. So overall things are looking up for the Rangers. I don't know if we're a playoff team, but we're sure as hell we'll be competitive. Yeah. I'm, it's my hope too. And Again, thank you for everyone. If you're watching this, the this is our first foray into uh, <laughs> video uh, element for the podcast, and we're going to do more. We're hoping to do live shows, you know, and live streaming at certain times if when we can get our schedules right. Uh, maybe during the closer to the holiday, the holiday season, closer to the start of camp. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there, you know, free agency didn't really turn out how most fans had hoped they had lofty goals for and things kind of just we got some retreads and some patches. But, you know, it's maybe it's kind of one of those things that you get a wheel alignment and it makes all the difference in the world, even though it didn't seem you didn't see any you didn't really add anything. But you just kind of tweak the, the chassis and 
yeah, hopefully things are a bit more stable next year and that pays dividends, especially because you're going to need it if you're going to have a lot of, you know, we didn't talk about the fact that Morgan Barr and Patrick Kodorenko could fight for spots, but, you know, and Rain and all these guys. But yeah, it's it'll definitely be interesting. Um, but yeah, well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Thank you everyone for joining us on the this first ever uh i guess technically not live because you won't get this live but it will be live going forward on the broadway boys podcast and we will see you all next week thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at broadway boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud or the hockeypodcastnetwork.com you're listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockeypodnet New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.